Welcome back to That Wasn't In My Textbook, our bi-weekly podcast that helps us uncover the things we always wish we learned from that boring, bulky textbook. I'm your host, Toya, and you're now listening to episode 14 on the history of Coquito Puerto Rican eggnog. Happy Friday, everyone. Happy end of the year. Happy holidays if you're into that type of thing. Happy last episode of season one before season two starts off in the new year. (laughs) That was a lot. Today, we're talking about all things Coquito, also known as Puerto Rican eggnog, or as our guest puts it today, the cuter sibling of eggnog or the cuter cousin. I'm excited for this episode because it's dedicated to learning more about Puerto Rican culture and it allows us to diversify our drink knowledge, our drink palettes, if you will, and our at-home bars because that's what we're doing during this quarantine, am I right? In this episode, we are going to learn about the ingredients that makes up this yummy, tasty drink called Coquito. We're going to uncover the origins of Coquito, looking at who made it and how long it's been around. We're going to discuss the significance of Coquito on Puerto Rican culture, on American culture, on drink culture because that shit is good and we're gonna dabble in the little age-old debate of whether or not authentic coquito has egg on it or not because that's the beef in the streets right now and we get some tips on how to drink coquito have the best drinking coquito experience and how to make it if you want to give that a try and then of course we learn about our special guest today whose name is johnny rivera who was the founder of brooklyn coquito now let me put out a little disclaimer before we kick into this episode which is that i do not identify as puerto rican i am no expert on puerto rican culture at all you know i did grow up in spanish harlem so i do appreciate puerto rican culture you know i respect puerto rican pride all day every day you know i love the puerto rican day parade (laughs) um but again i'm no expert on the culture or the drink so that's why i'm excited that johnny rivera um the founder of brooklyn coquito joins all of us today and schools us on a few things johnny founded brooklyn coquito in 2012 And it's your go-to place for Coquito if you want to order it for pickup in New York City or if you want to get it delivered because it's being delivered nationwide. And I, myself, am waiting for my delivery of the Coquito. I can't wait to get my hands on it. They offer a 32-ounce nice glass bottle that says Got Coquito on it. Very cute. And they even offer a four-pack of canned Coquito, which is so dope because it allows you to discreetly take Coquito with you to the beach, to the park, to the family function. Make sure you don't get your cups mixed up because, you know, COVID. Um, And then on top of that... Brooklyn Coquito, founded by Johnny Rivera, specializes in traditional Coquito recipe. And then they also have a vegan Coquito recipe that they offer both in bottle and can form. So it's great for all of us non-dairy, lactose intolerant folks out there. Johnny's got us. Brooklyn Coquito got us. We can drink it and our tummies will be fine. (laughs) Yes. So that's a little background about Brooklyn Coquito and our guest. And, you know, when I get my hands on the vegan Coquito, I'm going to do a little, you know, taste and review on that wasn't in my textbook podcast IG. So make sure you follow us over there. Before we jump into the history of Coquito and talk about this very special drink with a very special Coquito mixologist, if you will. If you're new here, I just want to quickly welcome you to the rawest, dopest, 
realist. I don't know if all those are even words. It doesn't even matter. Um, podcast out there, history podcast out there, correction. We talk about all those things we wish were in our textbook. We're unfiltered. We're rooted in research. I'm not just pulling stuff out of my ass, but we talk about those unpopular opinions or those opinions that, you know, you get in trouble for in class. You're safe here. Don't you worry about that. Okay. And if you're a returning listener, welcome back. Today, we have another mind-blowing episode about tasty, yummy, cinnamony, coconutty, coquito. I wanted to also give a quick reminder that this is the last episode of season one. We're going to take a winter break and come back next year on Friday, January 8th for season two, which will be bigger and better. So mark your calendars, follow us all over the interwebs because we'll be doing stuff and giveaways and teasers over the next couple of weeks. And don't forget about us. Don't don't do that. Don't forget about us. Okay, that's like my number one fear. (laughs) Don't do that. Now, today we're talking about coquito because it's that time of the year in some places where they have this thing called like winter and then they even have this thing. It's like this white stuff. It's called like snow. (laughs) Okay, I should stop being sarcastic about winter. I mean, I did have winter like two years ago. I've only been in L.A. for two years. But, um, you know, when winter comes, traditionally speaking, people tend to bring out the drinks, you know, the warm ones, the toasty ones, the milk-based ones during the holidays. And most of these drinks have a milk base, which I think I already said, and they're similar to eggnog, which is an American holiday drink. And while eggnog is pretty popular, other countries and other cultures throughout Latin America and the Caribbean have their own holiday creamy drink staples. So you can find signature holiday drinks in places like Cuba, Honduras, Haiti, Guatemala, and many more. And they all have their own creamy based drink that reflects their culture. But today we're focused on Coquito and we're going to learn about Puerto Rico's signature holiday drink. I don't know about y'all, but I'm just excited because A, Coquito definitely wasn't in nobody's textbook. And if it was, y'all need to hit me up and let me know. But it wasn't in our textbook. And it has such, you know, Puerto Rican culture has such a large impact on New York City culture and American culture, right? And that's why I'm really excited to kind of dig into that. That's the first reason. And then the second one is just like as a black Harlem girl, who grew up in New York City, who grew up in Spanish Harlem, who went to school in Spanish Harlem, this topic just reminds me of home, especially this time of year. You know, I remember my first sip of Coquito, okay? And I'm not going to tell you how old I was because that doesn't really matter. But I remember that warm, homey, cinnamony, coconutty, milky drink. And that shit was so good. And like I said before, I'm not Puerto Rican, but as someone who grew up in New York City, um, as an adult, you know, this is the time, you know, whether you live in Harlem, the Bronx, Brooklyn, that someone, whether you are Puerto Rican or not, is looking for the person who is making Coquito. Most of the time they are, have some type of Puerto Rican heritage, right? So this is the time everyone's scrambling, looking for someone who's making Coquito so they can put in their orders before they sell out because they sell out fast because they're good, okay? <laughs> And so I'm not sure how other places operate outside of New York City, but New York City has a really cool kind of underground homemade cocktail scene. So so in the summer, you know, it's all about the homemade nutcracker drink, which is really held by held down by, you know, the black folks, the black people in New York City. And then in the wintertime, you have the coquito season, which is held down by the Puerto Ricans. And of course, you can drink coquito all year round and you can drink nutcracker all year round. But, you know, this is the season for coquito. So I'm excited to learn more about a drink that I grew up on but didn't really know the background about. And I'm excited to learn alongside all of you because, again, I'm not an expert. And because I'm not an expert, that's why I am happy that we were joined by a special guest 
Johnny Rivera, founder of Brooklyn Coquito, who schools us on everything Coquito and its connection to Puerto Rican culture. And so I really appreciate him for coming and educating us. So like every episode, I'm going to start out solo dolo, giving you a brief history of the topic at hand, which today is Coquito, a.k.a. Puerto Rican eggnog. And it's all based in research. I'm not pulling stuff out of my ass. And if you ever want to see the sources that I use, you can click on the episode and I usually list my sources there. Or you can also go to the website for that wasn't in my textbook.com and there's always sources listed so you know that I'm just making this shit up. Okay. Um, so we're going to start out with me, Solo Dolo, giving you a brief history based on the research I've done. And then we're going to jump into the interview with Johnny, who's going to give us some more insight on this topic. So like every history section of the podcast, we always start with the definition. And so coquito actually means little coconut in Spanish. And it's a traditional Christmas drink that originated in Puerto Rico. The coconut-based alcoholic beverage is similar to eggnog. And like the title, it is oftentimes called the Puerto Rican eggnog. The main ingredients of coquito, regardless of the recipe, are coconut milk, coconut cream, Puerto Rican rum, and sweetened condensed milk. Some argue that authentic coquito has eggs, while others say nah. That's really just your personal business and all up to you. <laughs> now, this is part part that I found really interesting in my research, which was that there are some flavors to coquito. So you can find strawberry coquito, Nutella coquito, and your girl loves Nutella, okay? You can have chocolate coquito and other flavors, just to name a few. The alcohol percentage in coquito varies because it's a homemade drink and the recipes differ because they've been passed down from generation to generation. So it really depends on who's making it to figure out how strong it is, but it can sneak up on you. I've never had any coquito. Um, I'm sure it exists and it probably still tastes delicious. But yeah, there's really no way to decipher. Of course, Johnny shares with us how much he puts in his coquito because he has to as a registered business. But when you get it on the street, traditionally, you don't really know until you taste it, which is a part of the magic, right? There are similar drinks to coquito in other countries in the Caribbean and in Spain. In Cuba, for example, the drink is served with coconut ice cream, which sounds pretty good. In the United States, as we've already discussed, coquito is known as a signature drink of Puerto Ricans and a part of Puerto Rican heritage. And it's also really known if you've traveled to Puerto Rico. Like when you get off the plane, when you enter into the resort, they're welcoming you with a coquito. So if you've been to Puerto Rico, you've probably tasted this drink. In the U.S., we even have Coquito Masters, which is a Coquito competition, and it's a blind tasting. It's $3.99, and it's open to the public. The event allows attendees to go around, sip into the Coquitos here and there, um, and vote for their favorites. The Coquito Master is announced later that same day, and that's usually the run of the show for the Coquito Masters competition. And this event is held every year and put together by the International Coquito Tasting Federation. So it's official. Originally, the contest was only held in New York City, but Coquito has become so popular. And we know it's so damn good that the Coquito Master Competition has expanded to other states. So if you're interested to see if there is a Coquito Master Competition, wherever you are. Check out their website. I believe they have all the places listed. Of course, I think some of these competitions have been on pause because of COVID, but it's still interesting to know and to learn. While there is no doubt that Coquito originated in Puerto Rico, the history behind who created this delicious drink is hella unclear and vague, and re my research uncovers a bunch of different theories and educated guesses and whatnot but honestly i just blame colonialism for the confusion because they just didn't keep records especially of the truth and especially of 
people like the enslaved people and the original indigenous people of Puerto Rico. But a lot of my research also pointed to Coquito, aka Puerto Rican eggnogs, origins to the period of Spanish colonization of the island. But the creation of this Puerto Rican eggnog doesn't stop with the colonizers, okay? No, no, no. To truly understand the unique cuisine, culture, and of course, Coquito, because that's what we're talking about today, you have to understand the origins of those who came to the island and mixed their cultures together over centuries. So it is historically believed that Puerto Rican culture hybrid mixture of four different cultures. The first culture being the indigenous Taino population. The second culture that makes up Puerto Rican culture is believed to be the Spanish colonizers, unfortunately. Not to be confused with the American colonizers. We'll, we'll get back to that. The third culture that makes up the Puerto Rican culture, this hybrid, is the imported, I would say stolen Africans that were enslaved and forced to work you know, on the sugar plantations on the island. That's the third influence to Puerto Rican culture. And then the last, the later influence is the United States. And so at the intersection of these different cultures is Coquita. <laughs> and one source that I read beautifully connected these different cultures together to help us understand how Coquito may have came about. It broke down how each culture added a layer of flavor to Coquito. And it goes a little something like this. The Spanish colonizers brought with them a taste for a drink called Quasets. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but it's P-O-S-S-E-T-S. -S -S. It's a hot beverage made with warm milk curdled with brandy, wine, or sherry. But once they came to Puerto Rico, the Spanish colonizers started to use local rum in the recipe. Next came the addition of coconuts to the recipe. And coconuts was another colonial import incorporated into Puerto Rican food, incorporated into Coquito um, by the Africans that were enslaved and brought to Puerto Rico to labor in the sugarcane industry. It was then after the Spanish-American War that ended in 1898, 122 years ago, that the control of the island transferred from Spanish colonizers to American colonizers. And that's when the final two ingredients were added to Puerto Rican's eggnog recipe, which was the evaporated milk and canned condensed milk. Oh, America, with your canned food. <laughs> but it is, it is good in the computer. I'm not going to complain about that. And that's how the flavors of Coquito came together through these four cultures that mixed on the island over hundreds and hundreds of years. And now it's made in kitchens in and outside of Puerto Rico and has evolved to have flavors and it's so good that there's competitions and people are creating businesses around making coquito and letting us all get a little taste of Puerto Rican culture right in our homes. Now that we've discussed a brief history of Coquito, let's jump into the enlightening, insightful, dope, and kind of poetic, because Johnny dropped a lot of gems, um, interview with our guest, Johnny Rivera, founder of Brooklyn Coquito, who helps us take a deeper dive into the flavors of Coquito, talks about how he started making it, how he was taught how to make Coquito by a grandmother-like figure, and just how Puerto Rican culture coquito all mixed together. And of course, we also learn about his business. Let's get into it. Hi, Johnny. Thank you for joining me today. I'm very excited to have you here on That Wasn't In My Textbook podcast. For sure. Um, you know, I know you are the founder of Brooklyn Coquito, and so, yes. you know, National Coquito Day is coming up, so I felt like it was only right to have you on here. And this is the last episode of the season. No. Oh, no nice, nice. Um, so it's nice to kind of end it off. I consider myself a fourth quarter kind of guy, so I like the fourth quarter. It's all good. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and that is your season, because December holiday yeah. Coquito. So I wanted just to start off with you just telling us a little bit about yourself and how you started, you know, Brooklyn Coquito in 2012 and all that other stuff. 
Awesome, for sure. First, thank you so much for, for having me on. Uh, Brooklyn Coquito, 2012. Yeah, I've been making Coquito for, um, as far as the company now, for eight years. Um, I started uh, a little, I started making it in 2010, was Ooh. the first time I made Coquito. And uh, the ingredients were shared by, by someone who was like a grandmother to me. Mm -hmm. And um, and it was the, around the holidays, and I decided, you know what, I, I'm going to a party. I got to bring something. So I made the coquito, mm -hmm. and um, I brought it to a party. And everyone <laughs> fell in love with it. Everyone loved it. Um, but there were some people that couldn't drink it because of some of the ingredients that were in it. Mm -hmm. um, so the following year, that was like, I made maybe like three, four bottles at one time. Then the following year, I said, you know what, I want to switch it. I want to make it my own. So I switched and tweaked some of the some of the ingredients, uh, some of the recipe, and um, that next yeah, that next year just uh, it went from like three to four bottles to now like 15, 20. Mm. Like people started like, hey, Johnny's the coquito guy. You make the coquito. This year I'm calling you for the coquito. Cool. <laughs> then in 2012, I decided, you know what? I want to make it more personal for me. Mm. I want to, um, you know, because coquito traditionally is made from the house. The yeah. ingredients are shared from grandparents, grandmothers, abuelitas. And you just put it in recycled bottles that you have around the house, whether it's a wine bottle, a rum bottle, a vodka bottle, anything, milk gallons. Yeah. you have, you put it in. Um, but I wanted, to, I wanted to, to more have it represent me. Mm -hmm. And uh, I realized, you know what? I'm not selling wine. Uh, I'm not giving wine out to, to people. I'm not giving wine at parties. I'm making coquito and it's me and I'm making it. So I decided to just uh, brand it um, to represent the two places of where I'm from. I was born in Ponce, Puerto Rico and uh, raised in Bushwick, Brooklyn. Ooh. And I decided to, to marry them both together and call it Brooklyn because that's the place that made me. Mm -hmm. and, um, and coquito because traditionally that's the that's the name of the of the of the drink. So um, from there, it just became its thing, and uh, here I am in 2020, still rocking out. Yeah, that's great. I love that yeah. story of how it's like passed down from generation to generation. Yes. And you know, of course, you can't go to a party empty-handed, so you had to go to that party with something. Right. <laughs> right. Right. So I just wanted to add another signature question of the show that we always start off with is like, what is your definition of coquito, especially for people who are listening and maybe have never tried this wonderful drink, um, how would you define it? Um, to define coquito is to really dig deep, mm -hmm. you know, only because it's so rich in culture and it's been around for so many, so many years that the definition I would say varies de mm -hmm. depending on people. But for me, when I think about coquito, I think about, I think about family. Mm -hmm. I think about joy. I think about music, loud music. <laughs> I think about family just talking loud in the living room and the smell of food, little baby, the kids sleeping on top of the coats in the back bedroom, <laughs> you know, while all the adults are just dancing, having a great time. Those are the memories that, that, that stick for me whenever I think about Coquito, only because it just has so many layers and so many different senses to what it, to what it means mm -hmm. that all those things really define it for me. Like, Coquito is something that, yeah, it can taste great, but it can also smell great. Mm. You know, when you make it, it has sounds. So mm. from a blender to the opening of a can to the click, 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 click from the can hitting the blender, you know, all these different sounds that just kind of touch all the different, all the different senses in people. So I can close my eyes and smell Coquito. I can close my eyes and hear it. I can close my eyes and taste it. And I think that that really defines defines the Puerto Rican culture. So wow. um, so all those things for me kind of make kind of make Coquito. Wow, that was beautiful. That was poetic. I really yeah. like that. Yeah. And awesome. you know, the awesome. process, especially the process of making something at home that's traditionally made at home, you know, is it is like an art form. It is poetry. Yeah. So it was, yeah, was and, and a lot of love goes into it too, especially because, you know, this is something like grandmothers are adored, you know, the older generation in our cultures are very, are, are adored, sometimes more adored than our parents. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, so it's like when you take on, 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 on a responsibility to pass on something or to take on something to continue it, yeah. you got to add the love to it. If this, if there's not love to it, then it just becomes something that you just, you just picking up and you're just going to let go. So for me, I didn't want that to happen. It's why I've been doing it for so many years. 
Yeah, that's beautiful. I love the the love is that one of the secret ingredients, right? Yeah, because um, you can taste it too. You can taste love. You can taste when something is made out of love. You ever ate at a restaurant? Like, oh my goodness, so good. And then yeah. jolly uh, coming out and saying thank you. Yeah. So love is a is a key recipe, key ingredient. Yes. And speaking of recipes, I don't know if you, if you want to share your recipe, but. Oh, no, I can't. Well, I guess. Okay. So, my, my, I I already talked about before we started, I already talked about the basic ingredients that are in Coquito. But are you, I know that some people argue about like, you know, whether Coquito has egg in it or not. So, are you Um, egg or no egg? Like, how do you feel about that argument? Well, right. When I first made the Coquito, I did it with egg, Mm. only because that's how it was shared with me. Okay. Um, But it varies. It varies, you know, it's, 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 it's something that's subjective, you know, whether you make it with egg or not. Some people substitute the condensed milk for the egg. Okay. Um, and sometimes add either more vanilla or even sugar. Um, so just to give it that consistency of what the condensed milk will. Um, but for me, I don't use the egg only because um, aside from me being plant-based as, as time has gone on in my life, yeah. um, you know, I also um, find it, you know, just health health reasons and more as far as even even with uh, shelf life mm. um, is something that for me I would want my my uh, my audience to enjoy coquito for for the long run. So okay. if they want to have it in the fridge, you know, want to have it, you know, um, at a time that it's not the holidays. You know, the egg is something something that for me um, was a, a good substitute. But again, it all depends on the on on the person and on the families if they want to do it with egg. Go right ahead. You know, I'm not someone who says, oh, that's the wrong way to make coquito. That's okay. not coquito. This is coquito. <laughs> not, that's, not, that's not what I'm about. I know it's all about just uh, um, sharing what your family has taught, you mm-hmm. know, and whether it has egg for you or not, as long as it's made with love and it's delicious, make it however you want, you know? So, exactly. so I'm, I'm, with, I'm with whichever way people make it. But for me, mine is made with, with no egg. Okay, that's good to know. That's a really good one yeah. to know. And I love that you're not a um, coquito shamer. Any way you make it? Oh no, nah, I'm ashamed. <laughs> I'm ashamed of coquito makers. I actually embrace it. Yeah. You know, it just calls for more richness. You know, it's 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 one thing to to um to compete. You know, have friendly competitions and be like, oh man, this person's coquito is better than this person's. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I'm not going on Instagram saying, oh, this coquito's whack. Buy mine. You know, <laughs> get mine. Like that's not that's not what I'm about. Yes, I love that. And, you know, when you were talking about Coquito, like, you know, being cooked in the home, like, you know, for me coming from New York, I'm in LA right now, but just like, you know, Coquito and as like the drink that you get around December, you know, you find your friends who make it and you order it from them. And then there's a lot of right. other like kind of homemade drinks that you think of like nutcrackers and stuff like that. Right. Um, so what made you, what inspired you to take it from selling it locally to like, mailing it now because you do national and I ordered a bottle which hopefully we'll get here soon um but how do you how did you transition into that and how do you keep the flavors authentic to yourself um as you kind of start making them in the larger amount that's a great question um for me I think one thing that's benefited me is that I I stayed consistent with my recipe since I switched it Mm. and I have a process and I have a base of how to go about that and um I just follow it to a T so it's allowed me to make it either whether it's in a small batch or in a larger scale because I'm very intricate with how, how it's made. Um, but the reason why now I, it's, it's enjoyed in Cali, Texas, <laughs> Florida, D.C., I have like so many people hit me up for it for, from once Coquito season comes is because I wanted that, that enjoyment for, 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 for so many people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's something where I believe in my product. You know, and if, if I believe in it, um, if you believe in something, you want to share it, you know, because you never know who you can inspire. Mm-hmm. So the, well, one of the reasons why, why um, I decided to go ahead and take it on a larger scale was for that reason, for other people to enjoy it, other people to get those nostalgic moments, because that's one thing I always hear, like when they taste it, it's like, oh man, this tastes like abuelita, this tastes like home. This, I get a lot of people that just, it brings back memory. So it's like, I love, I love to, to... I guess, to promote joy mm-hmm. and promote those feelings. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, if, if you can enjoy it in Cali or in Alaska, I'm all for it. You're going to get a bottle one way or another. You know? <laughs> so um, so that's, that's part of the reason why, why I decided to take to branch it out and, and, and have it enjoyed in other parts of the country. 
Yeah, I'm excited to get it. And I love that you do bottles and cans. I've never really seen Coquito in a can, which makes complete yeah. sense. You know, now they have like canned wine. Everything's in can. Canned wine, canned cocktails. So I was like, oh, when I saw um, your Instagram and your website, I was like, this is a genius idea. Not only is it sold in like a bottle in the sense that you're talking about like the old school, like wine bottle type of thing, but it also is in a can for convenience. So I really appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, no, that was that was an idea that I had a few years back. I had I had it uh, a few years back after coming across um, one of the OGs in the game. A lot of people don't really know this, but uh, Malibu, mm. Malibu was one of the first. Um, and shout outs to Malibu if they ever watch this. <laughs> but um, whoever's in charge over there, like Malibu um, the alcohol. I, I came across a, a Malibu the alcohol. Yes, okay. like maybe mm -hmm. in the, the Malibu yeah. the alcohol. Mm -hmm. Like, I want to say, like, five or six years ago, um, I came across a can. It was white and pink. And I believe it was their coconut. It was like a Caribbean coconut drink that they had. And it was in a can. And this was way before anyone was doing this. Ooh. And I just thought, wow, that's that's great. That's genius. But at that time, I wasn't ready to do it. Yes. It, wasn't, it, wasn't, it, wasn't the, it wasn't the time. So now this year... Um, of course, because of also because of of the pandemic and and being isolated and me taking that time to stay within my creativity, mm -hmm. that idea came back up again and also taking like paying attention to the market. Like, yeah. like you mentioned, everything's in cans now. So I said, you know what, this is a perfect opportunity to uh, to bring it out and and I just went went along with with the idea that I had five six years ago and um, that's what you see with the with the cans. That's amazing. I really like that. I um, I know you're sold out of the can, so I got the bottle, but I was like, yeah. I need to get my hand on a can eventually. I really love that idea. I think it's really innovative and, you know, with the time. Yeah. Well, the cans, it's, uh, the beautiful thing about the can is that now it can be enjoyed year round. Mm -hmm. You can pop those things in a cooler, take it to the beach, and it's like Christmas in July. Exactly. So, you know, so, so it's, it's one of those things for me that I'm always looking to ways to stay creative and stay innovative, especially with me wanting to continue the tradition and the culture. Mm -hmm. You know, because Coquito is usually enjoyed around the holidays, you know, it's one thing to have it just two, three months, which is great. I'm all for that as well. But if something's good, it's some, something's good. Yeah. You know, and I want to I wanna have it as much as possible, you know, so it's part of the reasons behind it. Yeah, that's a great idea. I definitely will be taking some to the beach out here in awesome. California. So gotcha. I'll do that. I'll send you some photos. Um, awesome. So I want to also to know, you know, we're a history podcast. Do you know any history about Kohito? Because I feel like I looked up a lot of stuff and they talk about kind of like colonialization, but then they also talk about the influence of, you know, people who were enslaved that were brought there and, you know, the Taino people. So what history, if you know any, um, do you yeah. know about the, the formation of this this Puerto Rican holiday dream? Yeah, you know what's interesting is that the, the information and any history is very limited. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very it, limited. Is. Because it again, is. Yeah, because again, it's, it's, all, it's like a, an urban legend in a way. <laughs> it's like a myth. No one knows where it started from. You know, you got the Spanish colonial period, you know, and, and what, how that was influenced with, with uh, what they did. Yeah. You know, uh, um, I know rum, of course, rum being from Puerto Rico, you know, you can't have rum without sugar, mm -hmm. you know? So it's like, it's one of those things that it's like, where did this come from? Mm -hmm. You know, my focus, what, what I try to focus on is getting as much of the story as possible to then have that marry my product mm -hmm. in, in whatever way it is, you know, because because it comes from so many different places, like this, the, like the, when the Spanish were there, like like our, our ancestors, like the Tainos. It's like, how can I have that represented within my my brand? And mm -hmm. it's and going back to what I said about Brooklyn Coquito, it's mm -hmm. kind of the reason why I did it that way. Which is like, is you never you know you don't know where it's coming from. You yeah. know, all you got to do is remember the the stories and just keep the joy and passing it on. So you know, a lot of the history again, it's 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 very vague and and it, and it differs. Yeah, yeah. It's like fortunate, but unfortunate. But it does seem like in general, like you said, it's like a fusion of right. these different cultures and different people that were in Puerto Rico. <laughs> right, right. You know, and it's, it's you know, again, Coquito is sweet. You know, it's a, it's a drink you drink, you have laughter dinner. You know, you're not looking to get all saucy. <laughs> so even though you can. You can. You know, <laughs> I've had people. I've had people say, "Oh, I'm, I'm gonna get one bottle, and I'm I'm waiting. I'm waiting till Thanksgiving, and they'll call me the next day, like, um, I just drank this whole bottle. I'm gonna need another one. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's like it's one of those things. It's like you gotta enjoy it. So, so uh, I guess in 
in passing. Yeah. You know, because you want to you want to have it at, at a nice steady pace, but sometimes you just need to indulge in it. So yeah. but I'm Actually, if it tastes good, you know, it sneaks up on you. Yeah, absolutely. It <laughs> it will. It definitely will. What is the alcohol content for your coquito? It's 14. Okay. 14 ABV. Okay. Um, it's a nice balance. I guess um one thing I like to say about my coquito is that I believe that the sweetness should always hit you first. Mm. You know, it's one thing. It's one thing to get a shot, take a shot of tequila and you want to get sauced right away. You know, <laughs> exactly. coquito, it's like, you're right. With coquito, <laughs> you want to you wanna taste the sweetness of it mm. first. And then the alcohol comes a little after. It's like, like, like the, the, the sweetness opens the door and then says, hey, come over here. <laughs> and it invites, it invites the alcohol, you know? So, so it's, a, it's, a, it's a great balance of sweetness and, 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 and kick. Yes, I love that. Like flavors, layer, like a layer. Yeah, absolutely. 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 What um, I know, there's also some like coquito competitions. You know, um, I know yeah. like the museum El Museo or in Manhattan does one, and I know that there's like a one uh, one in New York in particular. Do you plan the on coquito any- masters? Yes, the coquito masters. Exactly. They started yeah. in like 2002 or something like that. So yeah. Uh- the founder Debbie Quinones. I know. I I know. I've been known of De- of Debbie for a long time, and I'm actually just interviewed her uh, a couple of like a week or so ago oh. for a show that I'm doing. Yeah, That's and um, yeah, yeah. No, it's awesome. She's 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 great. Um, but the uh, the Coquito Masters is something that that happens every year in New York, mm-hmm. and it's a great thing um, because it, it also is one of those things that just keeps the tradition and the culture alive. Yeah, you know, and, and it invites many coquito makers from new york they have regional um browns they'll have like browns in in, in the east coast and down <laughs> south in florida and fusion rounds with different flavors so mm-hmm. um yeah the coquito masses is something that that has been around for a long time and um me myself i've, I've never competed in the in the coquito masters mm-hmm. not because um well i'm not gonna say why not but the reason <laughs> why it's because, you know, I felt, I've always felt like I'm not in it for the competition or for people to say that I'm the best. Yeah. You know, I'll let, I'll let just the people um, decide when they have it and they taste it. That's good. It's great that you, yeah. um, you know, that it, it is an event that, it's like a free event too, that allows people to really taste it right. and learn about it. Because I don't think people really talk that much about coquito. And you mentioned flavors. You just talked about flavors. And then when I was doing my research, I realized that there are coquito flavors. There could be flavors. Yes. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, there's a there's a bunch of flavors. I, I, one thing about Puerto Rico, if you were to go to Puerto Rico, mm-hmm. you will find coquito made, not only just coquito, but even there's something called pitorro from mm-hmm. Puerto Rico. It's like the Puerto Rican version of moonshine. Ooh, yeah. And that's something that's made like in the mountains and it's very hush hush and, you know, and, and it's very, it's also family oriented. And even with the pitorro, they'll have different flavors to it. So you'll find coconut, you find tangerine, pineapple, uh, passion fruit, pitorro. And I, I just feel like, like that's something that for the Puerto Ricans, we love to add different flavors to things. So mm-hmm. now with the coquito is something that has also transcended there as well. So you find like a pistachio flavor coquito, Ooh. hazelnut. Uh, Nutella coquito, um, banana coquito, guava coquito. You know, there's so many different flavors that you can have to it uh, um, with the coquito. Um, and again, it just it just speaks to to the culture. You know, we're so we're so rich and wanting to add different things to it. And you know, I I I, I love guava by itself. So in a Me coquito, too. imagine that. <laughs> I know. I know. Right. I'm already like writing them down. I'm like, okay, when I go to Puerto Rico, I need a pistachio coquito. These flavors yeah. are so good. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's amazing. I just tried the um, someone I know made a uh, a salted caramel coquito, and Ooh. it was delicious. Sounds yeah, like dessert. Delicious. Yeah, ah, uh, it was so great. It tastes for me. It tasted like a cappuccino. Ooh, tasted like a cappuccino, good. nice sweet cappuccino, and it was it was awesome. That was be- yeah. That sounds really good. One of my questions is, how do you feel? I know a lot of people compare. They also will often say like. Coquito is the Puerto Rican eggnog. How do you feel about yes. that? Um, I think it's it's not a bad thing when you're trying to relate it to something. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that you always have to try to find a uh, something to compare um, um, something with in order to make it an easier transition, an easier um, way to explain something. You know, so if someone calls Coquito a Puerto Rican version of eggnog, I can understand why. Because if you compare the both, both eggnog and Coquito, yeah. both are creamy, both have alcohol, 
both are, are, are sweet. Both are enjoyed around the holidays. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a niche. It's a niche product. You know, yeah. so it's like it's it's. I'm not mad when someone calls it um, uh, a, uh, a Puerto Rican version of eggnog. Um, one thing that I would say that I used to say, mm -hmm. I haven't said it in a while. It's just I I called it um, eggnog's uh, more popular delicious uh, sibling. Oh, the cuter yeah. sibling. <laughs> yeah, Great. yeah. You know the, the that that purse, that that sibling that just gets all the attention. Uh -huh. That's just like that. That one's the star. You know, no no shame for the other one. We love the other one, but that's the star. Sometimes you gotta know who Michael Jordan is. You know, exactly. Like, right. I love right. that. Yeah. I totally. I totally. I relate to that. I like that comparison. A yeah, lot. for sure. Yes. So. My other question is, um, there are other, there, like, you know, other Caribbean places also have kind of like holiday drinks. I know like Cuba has one and other places. Have you tried any of those other drinks? And could you tell us maybe about one of your favorites? It's been a while. It's been a while since I tried them only because right now um, I've been plant-based for, for three years. Oh, congratulations. Uh, yeah, thank you. Thanks. Um, and I find like a lot of times like the, the I, the one that that sticks for me is cremas okay. from from Haiti, Ooh. and it's very similar, very similar to uh, to to coquito. Um, but um, I, I love that 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 there's so many different cultures and so many different places, especially in the Caribbean, that have their own their own versions of of what it is. You know, they got ponche crema and cremas and Dominican and dr. There's also ponche. You know, so many different different variations of of what it means to continue like this this whole cream liqueur. I guess mm. you can say this yes. cream liqueur uh, culture, you mm. know, especially for our people, because at the end, you know, Bailey's and 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 what other ones? What other companies have been yeah. like such in the forefront for such a long time, you know, that we're kind of like not represented, yeah, you know, to, to a degree. So it's like the more we can continue keeping our culture alive, the more we can be represented, especially in avenues and 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 um and and areas like the cream liqueur um sec sector. Yeah, I think that's a great point. It's like representation and just culture too. So it's like you're doing right. kind of both. You know, you're like representing um, Caribbean culture and Puerto Rican culture, and then you're also like educating people on it as right. well, right? right? Just through their taste buds. Um, right. So it's like really kind of diversifying, diversifying your liquor. You know, diversifying your at-home bar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I love that diversifying your at-home bar. You know, it's it's one thing to to do things and keep it very home. Mm -hmm. You know, it's and it's an it it takes it takes some it takes uh, some pride. And, and, and sometimes you got to take risk to go ahead and say, you know what, this is good enough to be enjoyed outside of the house. Mm -hmm. Let's bring this out there, you know, and that, and that for me is something that I take pride in. You know, I, I, I consider myself very prideful. Of course, Puerto Ricans will wave <laughs> a flag and scream wepa the whole year. Yeah. Um, but, you know, for me, I, I always push things forward that I believe in. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with my, with, with, with my product, I've, I've always believed in it since the first time I made it. Yeah. So it's it's part of the reason why why I continue to push it out. Yes, thank you for that. I'm excited. Yeah. I appreciate what you're doing. It's like beyond just thank you. selling alcohol. So thank you for doing that. So if someone is listening right. and they want to maybe make coquito at home, what tips and tricks would you give them? I mean, I know you're not gonna give away your recipe, but if, yeah. what would you tell them? Kind of like what to buy and what to think about in that process. <laughs> um, if someone were to contact me to make coquito and they're like johnny teach me how to make coquito <laughs> well i'm assuming that they already went through youtube and google and found all the other the other recipes mm -hmm. um but to hit me up and say how do i make coquito first i would say you gotta set the mood okay you gotta set the mood every time when when we're in production there's a mood set there's music going mm. you know there's a certain energy that needs to be around the production of of what it means to make Brooklyn Coquito. So whether we're listening to uh, Bad Bunny, Hector Lavoe, <laughs> old school, what we call um, uh, Hibaro Christmas music, which is like a lot of the cuatro guitar and just just different sounds. You know, it's it's about creating an, an atmosphere, creating yeah, a culture. Definitely. Um, and sometimes people may not be. I just want the recipe, bro. Like, <laughs> just give me the recipe. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, that's part of the recipe. Mm -hmm, you know, so if they're willing to go the extra mile, then I will share certain aspects of what it means to make a coquito that's not exactly mine, but very close to it. 
Okay. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. For what, sure. Um, where do you see the future of Book and Coquito? Like, what are some, you know, where do you see your, your business, you know, three to five years from now? That's an amazing question. And um, what should we expect? <laughs> yeah. Well, you, ex you should expect us to continue doing it every year. Mm -hmm. um, you should expect my face to be as joyful and as jolly as it is probably right now, I'm hoping, um, <laughs> only because it's, it's something that's fun. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I love being very present and being in the present moment and just going with what I feel naturally should be happening. Mm -hmm. You know, for, like, for example, like what I mentioned earlier with the cans, if I would have done the cans five, six years ago, I, who knows what would have happened? I would have felt flat in my face and no one would have accepted it. Like, what the heck is this, you know? <laughs> um, so it's about the timing of it. Mm -hmm. So of course, of course, having it shared globally is always the goal. Mm -hmm. That's that's the goal. And being in, in, in as many households as possible is, is, is always the goal. And that's where we wanna be. Whether that's continuing to do it this way or it's in a larger, larger scale, you know, you just never know. But just know that I will always continue to do it um, year in and year out. That's great. Thank you for yeah. sharing that. I'm excited to, to see you grow and prosper. Sure. Oh, good. This is going to so be, good. you know, this is going to be released around Nas on National Coquito Day. Can you, do you know, awesome. do you have any special plans for National Coquito Day or like, um, or how do you feel about the day just being recognized nationally? I love it. I love that it's being recognized nationally. I think um, um, anytime there's a spotlight on something that 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 is uh, positive, mm -hmm. is always a great thing. So Coquito having its own day, it's it's is amazing. Um, do I have something special planned for National Coquito Day? Okay, well for National Coquito Day, we'll be giving away some free stuff. Oh, you nice. know, so, yeah. So if you follow us on the uh, on our Instagram and our social media you will see what that would be. So, uh, so yeah, just different ways to continue uh, providing joy. I'm excited. Um, Thank you so much. Right before I ask you the signature question, I just want to let you let you have the floor and just tell people where they can find you, how they can support you, um, you know, because you're doing some great work out here. You're making some great drinks and teaching people about, you know, Puerto Rican culture. Let people know where they can find you and then I'll ask you the last summary question which is probably like the hardest question but no sweat <laughs> yeah no awesome um well you can find us on instagram brooklyncoquito.com mm -hmm. um and that's coquito c-o-q-u-i-t-o -O. um we're on facebook as well uh facebook backslash the brooklyn coquito brooklyncoquito.com uh if you want to email me or text me my number is on the instagram page my email <laughs> is j rivera that's r-i-v-e-r-a the letter j R-I-V-E-R-A at brooklyncoquito.com. Cause I'm always open to uh to just uh listening to people. Sometimes a lot of a lot of times people will hit me up just to get like pointers or hey, can you um how can you, where can I find this and you know some some consulting? I'm always down for that, you know. And we don't gotta call it consulting, but advice, I'm I'm open. Mm -hmm. Um and uh so yeah, those are the places where you can you can find us, you can find me, and uh I'm always open to to sharing anything that, yeah. that anyone would like to know. Are you taking any more orders? <laughs> uh, yes, we are. Okay. We are. Um, it's been it's been pretty it's been pretty pretty uh, pretty busy, which yeah. is which is great. Um, but orders are going to be going on till mid January. Okay. So Perfect. yeah, we don't we don't stop. nationwide, and then you also do pickups at your store. We do yes 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 we're doing pickups. Uh, the week of Christmas that Christmas week starting that Monday Tuesday, mm -hmm. I, I usually see that there's a lot of pickup. Um, requests happening so yeah. pickup will definitely be happening in Brooklyn okay great that's yeah. good to know I yeah, hope everyone's sure. listening and you know going to follow and support and put in your orders <laughs> this is a great time to do that definitely. my signature my last signature question is if you had to write a chapter in a textbook about Coquito what would you call it and why oh man yeah that's a great question if I had to write a chapter in a book about Coquito, what would I call it? I think I would call it With Love, Coquito. Mm, okay, can yeah. you expand on why you chose that name? Yeah, I would call it With Love, Coquito. Just because I feel that when you enjoy Coquito, it's usually one of the last things you enjoy throughout the, your, your meal. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's already, you already went down, 
your your pork, your rice, your rice and beans, your gandula, arroz con gandules, your jamón, all these different things, and you're having it like kind of like last, mm -hmm. you know, or even sometimes you're just sitting with the fireplace on and you just have the coquito. It's kind of like the you're winding down. It's like the last thing that you have um, during your night in a way. And when you finish off a letter, sometimes it's or most of the time, at least sometimes for me, I've worked with love, Johnny. You know, so I feel like with love, Coquito, it's just a stamp of what Coquito did the whole letter, if that mm, makes sense. Yeah. You know, yeah. so this is what I'm going to provide. I'm going to give you joy. I'm going to bring you happiness. I'm going to bring you love. I'm going to bring you family. I'm going to bring you culture. I'm going to bring you all these things with love, Coquito. So That's that would be, yeah, that would be the name of my chapter. That's a beautiful chapter name. I really, I really like it. Well, thank you so much yeah. for chatting with me. I really appreciate talking to you and learning about yourself, your family, Puerto Rican culture, and Coquito at the same time. For sure. Thank you so much for having me, Toya. Um, I would just want to wish you so much luck with everything that you're doing. It's so great that you are highlighting um, so many different people doing different things. And that's, it's amazing. It's amazing thank to you. share. So I love that. Thank you. Thank you so much. And that is the conclusion for episode 14 on the history of Coquito, aka Eggnog. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Actually, you know, just thank you so much for listening to season one. We have over 8,000 downloads at this point. I'm hoping we have. 9,000 by the end of this week because it's National Coquito Day on Monday. So I feel like a lot of people will be really interested in uncovering some of the history. If you enjoyed this season at all, please take a moment to leave us a review. We haven't had a review since August. So if you're enjoying this, if you enjoyed season one, whatever episode you're on at this point, if it's this one, just take a moment, write a sentence or two about what you like about the podcast. Give us a star rating and that's it. It shouldn't take too, too long. Please make sure you follow us all over the interwebs. We're on our winter break in terms of posting podcasts, but we still will be giving teasers and quizzes and stuff like that on our website and on our social media. And if you're feeling a little giving during this season, please, 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 please donate to the podcast. You'll find the donate button on that wasn't my textbook.com. All donations go towards equipment, goes towards making this a better podcast for all of us, goes towards research, maybe hiring someone because I'm at one more show. And again, don't forget we're taking a little winter break. Don't forget about us, but we'll be back on Friday, January 8th. And Thanks again for your time. Enjoy the food, the days off, the rest, the reset, the holidays, whatever it is you do during this time of year. And until next time, or should I say next year, remember, knowledge is power.